You are listening to a message by Travis Scott from our gatherings at Shorebreak. Visit shorebreakchurch.com to get connected with more content. And if you would like to support the gospel being preached in Kona and to thousands online, your tax-deductible donation enables us to further Jesus' mission. Partner with us by giving at shorebreakchurch.com backslash give. Mahalo. It was the most gruesome night, gruesome event to ever take place in history or on this earth. Crucifixion. Capital punishment. The shaming of its victims. Torture. And it's in this darkest hour do we see what unfolds. The moment God's son was forsaken by God the Father. God forsaking God. It's in this darkest hour do we see what God thinks about your sin and my sin. In this darkest hour we see humanity at its worst, the killing of the very one who came to save them. Even though it was only the sixth hour, which would have been around noontime, The sky, which was light, grew dark. Three agonizing hours later, roughly around three, Jesus cried out with a loud voice. And I want our time this evening to be a time where we look deeply into the statement of Jesus on the cross, where we zero in on the words Jesus made in the midst of his agony. Specifically what Jesus said in verse 46. That it was about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. That is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So Jesus here, we are told, cries out with a loud voice. A voice. It's not a whimpering cry. It's not a somber type cry. It's a cry. It's a screeching. You ever step on something in the house that was sharp, like a Lego, and you step on that, especially when you weren't expecting it, the pain that is inflicted usually leaves out a loud shriek. Am I right? Maybe accompanied with a few words in there that we won't say right now. The infliction of pain brings about that type of screeching, this loudness, this scream. And that is actually in the original language when we read Jesus cried out with a loud voice. The implication there, what it's being told to us there is that it's a screeching, a crying out, a a painful cry from the affliction of pain that he was going through. It's almost as though Jesus is hopeless here, giving up. That Jesus is implying that God has failed him. Oh, Jesus there on the cross, so hopeless, in such agony. He's so gone, he has lost it. And people saw this. That's how we have four gospel accounts of this event. People saw this. They were there. 
They saw the broken body of Jesus on the cross. They heard the cries of this dying man. And what's ironic about this is here is the creator God being killed by his own creation. And no doubt, those who were there who heard that cry, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Would it never forget that cry of Jesus. And as Jesus is crying out, it's interesting what he does here. He is asking a question. Why? Why Good Friday? Why a crucifixion? Why a cross? Ultimately, Why God? And not just any God. He says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why has Jesus been forsaken by God? Some people probably thought that in the midst of this anguish, it was too much for Jesus to take in. And in his dying moments, he is officially losing it. But that couldn't be further from the truth. In fact, in Jesus asking this question, a very profound moment in the midst of agony is brought a moment of clarity. And the clarity that is brought from the bloodied lips of Jesus is actually a direct quote from Psalm 22, verse 1. Psalm 22, 1 says, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me. King David, the giant slayer, took out bears, took out lions, was pretty skilled on the harp, talented warrior, anointed king of Israel, was the one who wrote and penned Psalm 22 under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And many of the songs that David wrote were referencing to his own personal experiences. The Psalms are us effectively looking into the journal and to the heart and to the soul of a man. And of course, the Spirit of God anointed those things that he wrote. We know in Psalms 2, 3, and 4, those Psalms are about David's dealings with Absalom. Psalm 51 is an entry of David penning down the agony of him losing his son. Other psalms that were written by David are are about David's victories and war, David's struggles, his own personal struggles, about David's own sufferings. And David's songs, often like musicians today, are written from their own experiences. In fact, there are websites and blogs and shows that are devoted to figuring out why artists wrote what they wrote and what they mean behind what they wrote. Justin, why did you write? What did you mean when you say, what do you mean, right? People trying to figure out, oh, I wonder if he's talking about this relationship or I wonder if she's singing about this breakup or they're trying to get down to the motivations of why these psalms or why these songs are, are, are being sung. And the same could be true about why are some of these psalms being written? What is the motivation? What is the heart behind it? What is the experience 
this author, this writer is going through. And here's David, inspired by the Holy Spirit, writing a song which is hard to believe he could ever experience. Could David say, from experience, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? If I go down to Sheol, you are there. In the heavens, you are there. To the ends of the earth, God, you are there. There's nowhere we can flee from the presence of God. Yet David is saying, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Is he writing from his own experience? In the same psalm, in Psalm 22, he says this, all who seek me mock me. They make mouths at me. They wag their heads at me. Then he quotes in Psalm 22 in another place, he trusts in the Lord. Let them deliver him. Does that sound familiar? Like let's try verse 49 of Matthew 27. But others said, wait, let us see whether Elijah will come to save him. Surely he can deliver himself from that cross if he claims to be God. Or how about this, Psalm 22? For dogs encompass me. A company of evildoers encircles me. They have pierced my hands and my feet. They divide my garments. It's still Psalm 22 among them. And for my clothing, they cast lots. That's Matthew 20 or Luke 23, I believe, records that. Did this happen to David? There's no doubt. Commentators, scholars believe that David here is describing and writing about an execution, which he has not experienced. Was it an accident that Jesus on the cross is crying out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Is he losing it in this very moment? Jesus crying this out on the cross is declaring, David was talking about me. David in Psalm 22 is pointing to me. The Old Testament has been declaring and and has been a foreshadowing of my coming, of my sacrifice. The whole Old Testament points to me. The Passover lamb is me. The sacrifice that took Isaac's place of which God provided for is all pointing to me. It's me. Jesus is saying, I'm the one who is dying. I'm the one who's being delivered up. I'm the one who's having my, my, my garments being divided. My hands and my feet who have been pierced. We need to see Jesus for who he is, the fulfillment of the promise of the Old Testament. The one to inherit the throne of David. By suffering. God's own son, forsaken by the Father. And so we see darkness falls over the land. And this darkness is really speaking of the judgment of God. What I simply want us to reflect on tonight and this evening. And this Good Friday, 
Good Friday reveals to us what God thinks about our sin. And when I say our sin, I mean your sin specifically and my sin specifically. That God would forsake his own son and crush him to satisfy his wrath that is towards you and towards me. The Bible says that everyone is guilty and has broken God's law. The breaking of God's law is, is, is sin. And maybe some of us have grown up thinking we're really not that bad. Or even as grown-ups, we look at other people's sin and we compare our life with their life. And we're like, well, I haven't done what they've done. So at least my sin is not as bad as their sin. And somehow we try to justify our sin or even think that maybe my sin's not that bad. Maybe that somehow we're like a snowflake. We're unique and no one is like us. We're, we're, the, we're the, the unicorn and, and we're kind of unique. And God has a special view of me that he has really of no one else. Not me, I don't sin. I'm not that bad. Yet Isaiah 64, 6 says, We all have become like one who is unclean. All our righteous deeds are polluted garments. We all fade like a leaf. And our iniquities like the wind take us away. Sorry, but that is pretty much includes everybody. Then, of course, If that's not enough, to drive a nail into it further, Paul wrote in Romans 3, 23, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. In other words, none of us have escaped the poison of sin. We sin because we are sinners. And Jesus came to be forsaken, to be the remedy for our sin. The very reason we have the cross, know this, is because of our sin. If we had never sinned and if we were perfect, if we were truly holy as we should be holy, there would be no sacrifice of Jesus Christ. And the climax of man's depravity is seen in the death of Jesus. And so Jesus says, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? I just want you to envision what used to look like a man hanging on a cross for the sin you committed today the sin you committed yesterday and the sin you commit tomorrow. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Jesus is saying this on the cross and you know what Jesus doesn't say here? These nails, these nails, this crown, this crown. My friends, 
Where have you gone? My, my friends, where are you? Followers who were with me for three and a half years. Where were you at? This cross. This cross. Jesus said, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? In this moment, there was a pain greater than any physical or emotional pain that Jesus is experiencing. In this moment, bigger than any pain, God is pouring out his wrath and his judgment upon his only son. And for the first time, Jesus is forsaken. And the last time, Jesus is forsaken by God the Father. From eternity past into eternity future, they have perfect communion with one another. Yet in this moment, Jesus cries out, my God, my God. The greatest pain in Jesus' death was separation from God the Father. What hurt Jesus more on the cross than even your sin and my sin, the nails The crown of thorns, the beating he took before the cross was the father turning the face away. Why, God, have you forsaken your son? Well, in light of our sin, Jesus was forsaken by God so we would not be. And that's the gospel. Jesus was forsaken by God, so you would not be forsaken by God. To appease the wrath of God, to satisfy God's judgment upon people who fully deserve it. On the cross, Jesus wore a crown of thorns so that we would instead wear a crown of righteousness. Because Jesus cried out, my God, my God, you cannot be right with God. I can be right with God. Listen, even though we have sinned, even though I have sinned and all of us have committed sins, do we see our sin as separation from God? You and me at our worst are just as guilty as the Roman soldier who drove nails through his hands and his feet. Or the Jews that were there who cried out, crucify him. We'd rather have Barabbas. Because Jesus was forsaken by God, you don't have to be. You can be right with God even though you have sinned. I can be right with God even though I have sinned. I want us to see that it is Good Friday is the way of which Christ has made a remedy for our sin. What does God think of my sin? The cross. How do I know that God loves me? 
the cross. The most beautiful event and the most ugly event happen at the same time. The act of righteous judgment and grace happen at the same time. And on that cross, Jesus takes your sin and gives you his righteousness. That's why Jesus said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Which clearly shows on our own, left on our own, we can never be righteous on our own strength. Nothing we do can ever earn what Jesus has freely given to us. Jesus died the death we should have died. Jesus lived the life we should have lived. And the only way we can be saved, I'm talking not just to you who maybe are here who are not a Christian, but even those who are here who are Christians. The way and the only way which we can be continuously saved from our sin is because Jesus laid down his life for us. Is because God was willing to forsake his son to appease his own wrath to get us. Believe in this Jesus. Reflect on this sacrifice that Jesus was forsaken by God so you wouldn't have to be. He took your sin on the cross. He took your punishment. And that's why we confess. That's why we reflect. That's why in a little bit here, near the end of this worship gathering, we are going to partake in communion to remember as Jesus told us to in the event of which God the Father forsake his only son. Father God, we thank you. We cannot even imagine, words cannot put together the pain and the agony which you experienced on Good Friday and the death of your own son. That it pleased you, God, to crush the son because in crushing the son, God, you have your wrath satisfied and you get us, yet your son cries out, why have you forsaken me? And while we see the depth of our own sin, we also see the reality of the love that you have toward us. So God, thank you for the cross. May our lives be centered upon what you've done. May we worship you for you are worthy of all praise. We thank you for the events that took place 2,000 years ago. 
And may those events, by the power of your spirit, breathe life into our soul. Save us for your glory. Redeem us for your namesake. It's by your blood are we made clean and white. Our sins are forgiven because of your grace. So Jesus, thank you. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. We hope that Jesus is doing a work in your life from the message that you just heard. We would love to hear how you were impacted and what was impressed on your heart. Share your story by emailing connect at shorebreakchurch.com. And if you don't know Jesus as God, Lord and Savior, or you have more questions, send us an email to info at shorebreakchurch.com so we can get you dialed in with a free Bible and resources for your new relationship with Jesus.